Hello and welcome to Hail Dear Old Pod. We're just two guys being dudes talking about dogs. It is Wednesday, April 12th, and Super Bulldog Weekend was very kind to us this past weekend. Uh, I myself didn't get a chance to go up there, but I'm sure it was great. It usually always is. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fans go up there. Uh, a lot of good times. And Jeremy, the, the, the sports are to us this past weekend. Man, it's hard, it's hard to be sad as a dog right now. Uh, you know, it's big weekend, lots of action, lots of uh, lots of home action for us. I think uh, softball, baseball, tennis, uh, the spring game. You just had you had so many sports being covered over one weekend. It's a fun time to be a dog. And hey, when you when you bring bring home a bunch of W's on top of that. It just makes for an all-around great weekend for uh, for the kiddos. You know, mm-hmm. great thing to bring the kids out to. And, uh, yeah, br- lots of good stuff to talk about. I'm excited about this weekend. I mean, this is kind of the day you circle as a Mississippi State fan each spring. You know, Super Bulldog is a, it's a real jumping-off point for a lot of different sports, for, like, softball and baseball. It kind of propels the season, uh, wraps up those spring uh, practices, which we hear all about in football and, uh, you know, all these other sports, tennis and uh, – get going like i said you're you're hitting that home stretch where we got the sec tournament just around the corner so i mean this is your last chance to make a good impression and in some cases this was the last chance for uh, some of these dogs to play in front of a home crowd unless they make the postseason so we'll see yeah and i think tennis tennis got a very big audience uh men's tennis did this weekend it was it was senior day right we had senior day on sunday yes uh it was Big crowd. Uh, we actually had a, a couple friends of ours. I talked to a few of them that were in Starkville this weekend and made the tennis match. And I specifically said, "How's the crowd looking?" And uh, for that Friday match against a uh, number uh, top ten matchup against A and M, it was. He said it was pretty much standing room only. I mean, it was a big crowd. The crowd came out early before the baseball game and really uh, got the got the match going. Uh, and then it carried over into Sunday. A lot of people, you know, again before that baseball game, just went out there and supported the the dogs as it was senior day for a couple of bulldogs, uh, but we'll dive into that here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first thing first, uh, let's get into, well, I mean, every other thing, uh, softball. Let's start with softball. Huge win against South Carolina, just because the fact that it was South Carolina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast, it's no mystery. Uh, my hate for the university of South Carolina uh, it's it's very prevalent. It's very um, just. I hate them. And this this was our first C series win. Uh, th- last weekend we got swept by LSU. Uh, I mean, you, I, I I can't stress enough how good the SEC is in softball. It's just every weekend you're getting a really tough matchup. Um, but I think the story the story of this weekend with the softball team, besides the fact that it was South Carolina, uh, we did get to beat them finally in something. Uh, Alexis Silkwood. Now, Jeremy, I earlier on an on an earlier podcast, I've talked about how she's the leading strikeout leader in in Mississippi State history. Well, she set another career record. She collected her 56th career win, which makes her the all-time leader in wins for the Bulldogs. That's big. This she, she is she the Dak Prescott of softball? I think so. Oof. I think so. That's, that's a big pedestal to be on, but I mean, 56. That's that's a high number. Mm-hmm. That is a very high mm-hmm. number. 
Mm-hmm. Kudos to her. Good I job. Think that's fifty six is the age of my dad, and he's Ooh. I love him to death. But that's shout out Papa Ezo. Yeah, yeah, fifty six. Well, he'll actually his birthday's noon. So, <laughs> man, hey, I just hey <laughs> self reminder by me. I'm a great son. I'm a great son. Good job. Hey, way to go. <laughs> son of the year. <laughs> I'll take it proudly. <laughs> but yes, Alexis Silkwood, sixth win. It's it, Congrats to her. She is the Dak Prescott of uh, women's softball here at Mississippi State. I said it. It's true. There it is. There you go. Um, winning, winning this game, this series uh, against South Carolina was just... It felt like a cleansing. I can't stress that enough. It was so nice to finally see us take take a, a W away from the Gamecocks. Um, we're going to travel this weekend to Athens. Not 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 Jeremy and myself. The the softball team. They're tra- I will be going to Athens in the fall, though. So oh, okay, All get right. ready. Nice nice brag on your part. Get to go to Athens. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> they're going to to Athens to play the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, guess what? Another ranked SEC softball team. So it's it's going to be another tough road test, but um, let let's hope this team can can continue their momentum and continue the success they had during Super Bulldog Weekend against um those awful South Carolina Gamecocks. Let let's let's I don't know. Let's see if they can they can take the series from Georgia. We have a friend. Uh, that is a graduate of Georgia, do we not? And uh, I'd love to rub that in her face if we if Ooh, we if we yes. do pull off that series win. That that would be some great bragging rights on my part. So, uh, Lady Bulldogs, if you can have my back, I'd appreciate it. I, I have a I have a couple acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to text them and say, "Hi, Nanny Boo Boo, stick your head doo doo." <laughs> Very immature route to go, but I'll allow it. Any chance you get to say stick your head in doo-doo, you know, it's good stuff. Moving on to baseball, Jeremy, you and I said last week we thought the Diamond Dogs would take two out of three against a very good and ranked Kentucky Wildcats team, and that's exactly what they did. This series, in my eyes, it was this was where we were going to find out, hey, are we, we, we really going to be, you know, all right this season? Or is our depleted pitching staff, is it going to show a, a hot Kentucky team that's, I'm pretty sure as of right now, they're leading the East. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. But uh, th- th- this was this was a big jumping off, off point for me. And once again, you know. Third straight series win. These dogs are hot, Jeremy. It's it's unreal at this point because I'll admit, I mean, here we were sitting less than three episodes ago, three weeks ago, and we were sitting here. The sky was falling. Uh, the proverbial columns were falling down, and we were all just wondering if this team was even going to be able to survive SEC season, mm-hmm. um, much less thrive the way they had. So uh, it's a welcome surprise from, uh, from this uh Hosted this podcast, I definitely didn't see these dogs taking the leap that they've taken these last two or two and three weeks. But it's a welcome sight. Uh, gotta love it. I mean, right now this team's just—it's—it's it's, like you said, it's hot. I mean, you know, you, you still have to wonder and just—I mean, you see our top two starters. Um, there are two of our stars this week in Jake Mangum and Cole Gordon. 
Uh, as you so actually elego- elegantly put it in a wonderful article that came out this past Monday that I thoroughly enjoyed reading, and anyone oh, that hasn't oh, checked it out, uh, please go back and read this article. It's great <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, Jake Mangum, our All-American center fielder, uh, currently our number three starter on Sunday. And then, yeah. oh, on Saturday this week, we threw Cole Gordon, the power of the mullet, who started out the year as a potential starting everyday first baseman, maybe DHing a little, losing that spot at first base, losing the DH, pitching more, and now he's our Saturday starter. Who who saw that coming? No one could have seen that coming. Nobody. Uh, Nobody. But at this point, you just gotta like I said, I'm I'm just I'm just throwing everything out of the window. There's no rhyme or reason to what's going on right now. I still look at this team and I just go how are we that good? But I, I, I mean, you look at the game like Saturday, and Cole Gordon went out and pitched well. He pitched well, and uh, not to take any way, I don't want to skip over the Friday game that we lost. Uh, it was a tough game. Um, actually, I'll just jump back into Friday. I will say, we based on what happened the rest of the weekend, I feel like we actually missed one here. We we had a chance for the Friday was our game. I think we lost that game. I don't think Kentucky won. Yeah, it. yeah. I yeah. think I think later in the game we had opportunities to generate some one runs to get a lead and get into our bullpen, get to somebody like uh, Spencer Price, who's been done as a closer, mm-hmm. and we dropped the ball. I mean, we had runners on second and third, I think on two separate occasions in the seventh and eighth inning with less than one out. And Coach Kenazero just got too, a little bit too big for his britches in those instances. I was sitting there uh, keeping up with it, watching it, and screaming, literally screaming at the top of my lungs, squeeze bunt, because I know – that if a certain coach by the name of John Cohen would have been managing this team, it <laughs> yeah. would have been done. It, it would have been, yeah. I don't care if Minji Owen, who was a Cohen assistant, would have been yelling, he's about to squeeze it. It would have been done. It would have, <laughs> we would have generated a run. It would have happened. Yeah. So in that case, I, I think that that loss is on the coaching staff, in my opinion, that first loss. But, heck, you got to, you know, the ability of the coaching staff to rebound from that game, go out, uh, manage a great second game, manage the bullpen well, I thought, obviously – you know, it helps whenever you have Brent Rooker hitting three home runs in one Whew. game. Man. But obviously, uh, that aids a lot. But still, the team played well all the way around and then just carried that momentum into Sunday. Again, we got down early Sunday. They fought back. Uh, I think Jake Mangum was the star of that game. He didn't pitch well, but his hitting was on point, uh, led by example. And then we got we just got some good hits from all the way around. And then, you know, people like Trey Jolly coming out of nowhere, pitching yes. five innings. Yes, Unreal. And then Spencer Price just... At this point, he's the most. He's got to be one of the do- more dominant closers in the SEC at this yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, just looking at his stats, you have to agree. Um, yeah, big, just big weekend. Got to love it. Got to love the uh, the ability to lose the game on Friday and bounce back and win two. That's probably one of the tougher things to do in the SEC because you know you your ace, and for us, we know our ace is our true ace. There's yes. no other pitcher better than Pilk. Yeah, uh, and when it's so questionable from there on out after him to know that we can still win this Saturday Sunday after losing to Friday. That's awesome. huge. That's huge. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a guy that I think was a little underappreciated this past weekend, given the just insane numbers that Brent Brooker had. Uh, downtown Cody Brown. He was he was knocking he was knocking the ball all around the park this weekend. He came he up was. huge for us in that Sunday game. Uh, so shout out to him too. The, yeah, this this baseball team. They're just clicking on all cylinders. There, it's and it's so wild to see that, given the fact that our bullpen is just like atrocious. <laughs> they're so, they're so. I uh, I don't know if I call it atrocious. It's just 
questionable. Okay, all right. We have like four guys that we trust. And we, we're going to trot those four guys out over the weekend sporadically mm-hmm. and just hope that we sprinkle in a random guy every once in a while that can just get three consecutive outs. And we're just hoping. We're mm-hmm. just hoping. <laughs> and if he and if he gives up a run, we're kind of like, "Hey, you gave up one. Good job, that a boy. Yeah, we can we can deal with that." Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad, but yeah, it's it's like it's like that saying, uh, you know, just throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks. <laughs> and it, it's by I don't I don't know how, but it's it's sticking. And I'm I mean, <laughs> uh, you couldn't. I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. It's just it's so. It's so weird to see, but hey, I'm not I'm not complaining anymore. Uh, no, we've complained before, but uh, right now you just got to be happy. Given, yeah, given the circumstances, this is pretty great. Tied for first place, Jeremy, in the SEC. Can't can't stress it enough. It's unreal. Jump from I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. Okay, jump from twenty five to thirteen in the polls. That's I mean. A big jump. We've beaten a ranked Ole Miss team, and now a ranked Kentucky team. That's, I mean, th- this this series, uh, not series, this season, just took a very drastic turn from where I thought we'd be after that Fayetteville uh, series. Absolutely, you know. And just, and just, I'll just, I just wanted to bring this up just because it was probably my favorite moment of the baseball weekend. And I know you're thinking, hey. Which homer are you talking about, Jeremy? Because there were tons of homers to celebrate. You had Cody Brown knocking homers. You had uh, Rooker dropping so many bombs. You had mm-hmm. Harrison Bragg Ooh. just first pitch, just going yak, just yabo, yeah, uh, just unreal. Um, but no, the, <laughs> the highlight of the weekend was to me was what Rooker did that just changed the psyche of the entire Kentucky pitching staff to where at one point it was first and third, or no, it's first and second. And he intentionally walked him to load the bases. Mm-hmm. Do I need to tell you how – I mean, any coach would say that was the stupidest – you were literally walking <laughs> someone to move a runner 90 feet from scoring. Mm-hmm. And they had to do it, though, because they didn't want to risk him hit a homer. And, but it was so great because what – boom, Gridley gets a hit and scores two, and the announcers are just fine. And everybody's questioning it at the same time. It's like it, – I mean, he'd hit three home runs or two home runs prior to that. So it's like – yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe they just actually saved themselves a run by having Gridley hit. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, That's people, a very good point. It's it's people like Gridley doing that. It's your boy Cody Brown. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's and that's going to be the the key going forward for this team is we just have to accept Rook. This is going to start happening on the regular to Rooker. Rooker's going to get yes. walked yes. a lot the rest of the year. People yes. are just they might challenge him maybe with like starters, but relievers are not going to be told to test him just because he's too good. He's hitting the ball too well to. Risk it late in games. You can't. You can't have him come up with it with the game either tied or the run, and you have a free base open. You just can't take that risk. You no. have to try and just go around him. And so it's going to be down to Gridley, and it's going to be down to somebody like Cody Brown, who's bat, who's just absolutely he's hitting the ball really well. And I, I'm with you. I props to Cody Brown. He is, all, he is just as incremental to what's going on with the Mississippi State as Rooker because it would be really easy for teams just to say, hey, let's just walk Rooker every time and then we'll just destroy the bottom part of the lineup. But you know what? When you have people like Gridley and Brown who are protecting him and hitting the ball just as well, they may not be hitting homers, but mm-hmm. they're hitting the ball just as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, may, it makes our team so much more dynamic because yes. you know what you're getting out of Jake Mangum, and now you know what you're getting out of Rooker, and I think you know what you're getting out of Gridley, but, if, if, man, if Brown starts to get hot and then somebody like Elijah McNamee, who had a really good Sunday, can get mm-hmm. hot, 
I mean, if we can go one through six deep with stop hitters and then just get sporadic hits, guys, I, I'm not going to, you know, stress it. That's what we did in 2013, and we made the College World Series. So mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm falling more in love with this team each game, each inning. I'm believing. I'm starting to believe. I hate to do it, but I'm starting to believe. <laughs> I want to be pessimistic. But uh, mm-hmm. this team, it's, it's, it's too hard not to deny how good they're playing. It's yeah. just unreal. I love yeah. it. I love it. It, it it is it is very fun to watch, um, you know the Ole Miss game. I was skeptical, swept the Kentucky get the Kentucky series. Skeptical on that too, but you said two out of three, and I think you you instill a lot of confidence in me when you give just you know brazen predictions like that. And look, it happened. <laughs> so br- bring on bring on the next next team. I don't I don't care who they are. But actually, I kind of do because it's South Carolina. Oh, I, I'm. <sighs> this is a good team, and uh, let's not get away from that. This is a good team we're about to play. I mean, I think yes. they're currently ranked in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched them play a couple times this year. I watched them play Auburn. I think it was a couple weekends ago. I have a uh, a roommate, which is an Auburn grad, so we occasionally I'm forced to watch them. Uh, the South Carolina team, they're good. I mean, they're just a, a solid ball club, as most South Carolina teams are in baseball. They're very yeah. Baseball-rich, tradition-rich school uh, for the stickball. Um, I mean, at this point, I would obviously be thrilled with one out of three. Uh, I'm, I'm going with my poll saying of you win two at three at home, you win one of three on the road, and that's going to get you in the SEC tournament. Right. But uh, I don't know. I, I say it's another tone setter. I feel comfortable we're going to get one. At this point, we're going to hit the ball one game, and yes. it's going to be too much for yeah. I feel comfortable in that almost any series now. I feel – that Arkansas might have been a fluke where we got swept, but I feel comfortable saying that we're going to hit the ball one game. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm going to say it's going to again. It's it's the same thing as I feel like I'm going to say a lot so far and a lot going forward. If we can get that win with Pilk, if we can just give him a little bit of run support in the Friday game, I feel good about us finding a way to generate some runs either Saturday, or Sunday. So I'm 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 going to ride the hot dogs here. We're we're too hot. We're too hot. It happened last year. We got we didn't lose but one series. We were just hot as can be. So I'm going dogs. Through. I'm, I'm feeling these dogs are on a roll right now. On a roll. Dogs and too. Late in games, I, I like the ability for us to generate runs late in games with Rooker and Mangum and Gridley and Brown. And then if we can get a lead going in that seventh inning, that Riley self, Spencer Price, I like it. It's yeah. too. It's 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 the lingering holder of 2014. Whenever they had their nasty run. And that, uh, teams just that teams just run. didn't generate runs off them. I'm not going to say that they're that good, but it's kind of the comparison you make when it's like you have a nasty something and then you have a dominant closer right yes. now yes. in Spencer Price, who you you feel comfortable giving the ball. I mean, when we can give it to him in the eighth inning and tell him to go get a five out save and still feel as comfortable as when he does a three out save, it's it's tough. It yeah. makes it really tough to beat us. Yes. Yeah. All right. Two out of three in South Carolina. We'll bring bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, Jeremy, let's do let's do some tennis, let's do some golf, let's do some track and field. Absolutely. Uh, well, like I said, we kind of mentioned in the beginning of the show, so I'll just I'll I'll start off with it. Men's had just I I mean not to overstate what baseball did and not to overstate what uh, softball obviously did because those are great accomplishments. But men's tennis had one of the better weekends you could have. Yes. Uh, it started off Friday. They were the first team to really take. Uh, the the field or the court for Super Bowl all weekend, and they were going up against a very good uh, number seven Texas A and M team, and the dog came away with an upset victory, four to three, uh, against a team that was undefeated in SEC play going into that match. 
Undefeated. Really? Uh, undefeated. They well, were guess... leading the SEC with Georgia, who was also undefeated, who okay. we've lost to already. So, you know, we'll have to catch them later. But, I mean, this was a Texas A&M team who I don't think we had won. I think we broke a five-match loss, uh, losing streak to them over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that has had our number. They're really good. They uh, they made the quarterfinals with the NCAAs last year. Wow. Just a solid team. I mean, when you play this team going into the Super Bowl weekend, you kind of just look at it and go, well, that might be a loss on Friday. Hopefully we'll back back on Sunday. But the dog said, not so fast. But mm-hmm. We're going to take this. And they came out. I mean, it started off really early for them. They came out super hot in the doubles. And uh, they took number two and three doubles. And we're actually winning in the number one before it was suspended. So we could have swept all doubles, but that's not needed. Uh, I mean, we got Mate, Mate Kachira and Hunter Vaughn, or Vaughn Hunter, mm-hmm. and also Nuno Borges and Rack Attack in doubles. Got to love that. Yep. Um, the momentum just carried over into the singles. I mean, literally, tennis is one of those things you can just ride emotions so high on these college levels because you've been to a couple of these matches with me. So when when things get rolling, the emotions are high. Those players, they just feed off each other. And it's electric. I love, I love electric. going to those tennis matches because it's so much fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but it all started with a, you got a big ranked win by our boy Rack Attack. He became the number 123 player in the country. Mm-hmm. And then when you and then not shortly after that, we got a quick win by our number six player Trevor Foshi. Uh and that that set the stage for none other than uh, a very big. I'm a very big fan of his on this podcast. I know you've heard his name, Nuno Borges, our yes. number four ranked player in the country. Uh, he clinched the win with a top ten upset. Uh, when, or not really an upset, but he clinched the top ten upset for the team by taking down the number eight ranked player in the country for Texas A&M at nice. the number one singles position. Nice. I mean, it's at this point, I, we and you have talked about it. It's it's unreal what Nuno Borges, as a sophomore, is accomplishing. It, yeah, we, this this kid is good. I mean, it's we haven't had a kid. We've had some good players over the last ten years. We saw a lot of them. You had like the Artem Eastlam. Yes, yeah, Kachura. You've had a bunch of different players. They've, we've had some solid players, but this kid is this kid's dominant. I mean, he's literally his ranking is no fluke, it's no joke. Mm-hmm. He pr- he played well in the fall when it's more individual, and now it's just carrying over in the team. And he, I love the passion he plays. I, I've watched him play, and if you ever look at the highlights, the post on Twitter, and everything, he's a team player. I mean, he really feeds off the crowd. He's encouraging his teammates from the sidelines. He's always fist pumping and all that stuff. I mean, you just got to love that kind of energy yes. from your number one player. Yes. Uh, he leads by example. So it was great. That was a huge win. I mean, that win enough would have been enough for Super Bulldog. But then you had to come back on Sunday. You have senior day. Um, Mate Kachira and Vaughn Hunter were our two seniors. Uh, they're two junior guys from uh, – our two junior college guys from uh, Tyler Junior College, who I'm familiar with as a former Juco tennis player. It is a 10 powerhouse, the Apaches of uh, Tyler Junior College. Uh, they they won a they won in a national championship uh, during my heyday at mm-hmm. Meridian Community College. So they are no joke. So to get two players from that program, obviously we knew what we were getting, but they just absolutely outplayed anything you can anticipate. Right? Because they've been great seniors for us. Uh, but we we're playing LSU, and again the dogs just came out on fire as they made quick work of the Tigers with wins at the number two and three doubles, much like Friday. But uh, and what can only, in my opinion, can only be described as just. Really, the the whole complete team performance on the weekend, uh, where on Friday you had the top half of the lineup really carried the team to victory. Uh, on in, in the singles on Friday, on Sunday it was the back half of the lineup. We got mm-hmm. wins from number four, five, six, uh, from Nicholas Braun, Giovanni Ordini, and Simon Baldre. Oh man, I might have butchered that one. That was my yeah, first one. You're Sorry, not a, you're not a names guy, but I met okay. I made it pretty far into this one without butchering one, but that one <laughs> might have been bad. But this is the kid. I'll say this, and I was calling him Simon. Simon's a freshman. <laughs> he clinched his first match, his first win at A.J. Pitts, 
as well as and I mean that's pretty cool as a freshman. It's yes, first time to yes, play yes. at AJ Pitt and he clinches a victory yeah. on Super Bulldog weekend that's on cool. Sunday in that's front a, of a massive crowd. That's a very cool moment. I mean I know I know for people they don't understand that tennis can have cool moments, but this is a tennis cool moment. Yes, I was definitely yes. feeling it for this kid. Um and then once the match was complete, again I'm just gonna point it out that our boy Nuno Borges, they let them finish the rest of the matches where sometimes they'll suspend them on Sunday and they'll let them keep playing. Just, you know, they won't play again for five days, so they're not going to worry about them being tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, our boy Nuno Borges went out and beat yet another ranked opponent. Um, I mean, at this point, the kid is 27 and 5 so far this year. Wow. That's, that's unreal. And he's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Which so, tennis so, can be tricky. He, I mean, he could potentially go pro if he wanted to, but, I mean, majority of them come back. I mean, he wants to get his degree. I mean, you hope he's one of these student guys that knows that, you know, the tennis the tennis is tough. It's tough to make it. Yes, yes. Not every, not everybody is Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer, and I'm not saying that there aren't players that go out and play college tennis and then go on to have great pro careers. There are. Mm-hmm. But you've got to mature. Your body's got to mature. Your game's got to mature. You've got to be mentally tough. So sometimes, yeah, in the college game, you'll come back and play – junior, senior years. So, I mean, if we're getting this out of this kid as a sophomore, the sky's the limit. We, we got ourselves a tennis player, guys. We we got ourselves a stud that could be leading the team. And like I said, then you got somebody like Rakic and all them who are all young guys. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a lot of young guys on this team that are going to grow with Nuno. And while they may not be of Nuno's caliber, they're going to be great college tennis players for us in the future. So this team is not going anywhere. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. Um, the dogs finished only finished 10-2 at home. Which, that's, uh, just, that's that's really good. That's really good, and it stresses what I told you to where if, uh, if we can find a way to creep into that top 16 uh, at the end of the year and get to host a regional, you got to like our chances at winning a regional in our own back court, on our own home court. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. who knows what will happen once we get into that, you know, the round of 16, wherever that's being hosted. I'm not sure we're hosting this year, but, uh, you know, anything can happen. But you got to like our chances of hosting, not only hosting, but also winning that regional. Uh, the Dogs are now third in the SEC. Uh, only one game back of second place, Texas A&M. Uh, we close out. We got two big games or two big matches uh, for the rest of the year. We go on the road this weekend. We're playing Florida, who is traditionally a really tough team as well. So that'll mm-hmm. be a great test for our uh, our Dogs on the court. And then close uh, none other than South Carolina. Are you serious, dude? <laughs> We can't get away from these guys, I swear. They're everywhere. I mean, I know we have to play them because they're in our conference, but it just seems like we're playing them way too much, like, and them specifically. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so sick of that school. I hate I'm them. with you. I hate them. But uh, I feel I feel good about it. At this point, you got to like the dog's chances. Um, I mean, I think South Carolina is a good team, but they're definitely not the better of South Carolina Florida. So if our boys can come out, get a big win on Friday, it would be awesome if we could somehow gain a game on uh, Texas A&M, maybe they drop one on Friday and we go into that Sunday all tied up and we have the tiebreaker. So all we need is a win against South Carolina, and I'm sorry, South Carolina, if we're playing for second place in the SEC, you're not beating us on Sunday. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel good about the Dolphin in, getting two wins, and at least locking up third place. And if you think third place in the SEC, which is also, much like softball, is a rich uh, abundance of talent all mm-hmm. across the board, third place in the SEC should be a top 16 and should get touched so. We'll just have to see how it plays out. But uh, good job by the tennis dogs. The men tennis dogs were very excited. Uh, big Super Bowl all weekend for them. So yeah, continuing yeah. that trend. Um, moving on to women's tennis. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of good here. They were on the road this weekend playing a number 13 South Carolina team. They dropped the, that one. Again, South Carolina just can't get away I'm, from I'm them. So, oh, 
but we dropped we dropped a, a, a like I said it wasn't really a close match it was four to one uh, with a lone victory coming from Jasmine uh, the big fan of the pod you know right. we enjoy her she's been my top dog before she got a ranked victory so you know you try and take a positive out of that at least we got a ranked victory for our really good singles player right um, and then unfortunately you turn around on Sunday and you play the number one team in the country. And much like when the dogs play Alabama in football, and when we played them, they were number one ranked on the road. Right. It just didn't. It didn't go so well. We lost seven to nothing. Wait, who who who's the number one in tennis? Florida. Florida. Tennis. Okay. Okay. They're just they've won national teams. So they're the, they're, they're the Alabama of women's tennis. That's completely, one hundred percent agree. Okay. Yes, okay. they are the Alabama, and okay. it didn't go so well. We lost seven nothing, and a lot of the, some True. of the matches were close. Other of them were just blowout. They're just good, bro. They have like. They have like five, or I think maybe they have five girls in the top sixty, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but that's ridiculous to have that many girls on your roster. We're lucky to have two girls in the top hundred, I believe, or yeah. top, top one twenty-five. They have five in the top sixty. It's unreal. I've, it's I've, not even fair. I've listened to you talk tennis enough to know that five out of sixty—that's that's pretty daggum good. That's stacked. Yeah, that is absolutely stacked. Yes. Um. Yeah, just tough for the girls. I hate it for them because they they really did. They had a great weekend too uh, last weekend, and I don't want to take away from that. They still this is still a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, just get us out of the SEC. Just survive. <laughs> at this point, we're yeah. just going to try and survive this last weekend. You know, let's see if we can maybe get an upset win in the SEC tournament. And this team is going to make the NCAAs. They're going to potentially host. I don't know if we'll be good enough. We'll see. Uh, but once we get playing teams outside the SEC, I really like our chances to. If this right. team has a run and then stays in them. Uh, right now, they're currently sitting seventh in the SEC, which, like I said, there was last week there were eleven teams ranked in the top twenty-five in the SEC. So you think about seventh in the SEC, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, they're just one game back of sixth. And uh, this weekend, hey, we close out this year the Ole Miss Rebels. Hey, let's 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 destroy Ole Miss one more time. Let's just do it one more time. Let's beat let's beat them down. Let's let's wipe this you know, this past weekend off our shoulder. Let's go out and beat Ole Miss and get some momentum going in that SEC tournament. So, mm-hmm. Lady Dogs, keep your heads up. We still back you. We believe in you. We're supporting you 100%, and we look forward to you kicking some Rebel butt this weekend right. and riding a high going in that SEC tournament. Hey, go pull an upset. Let's just go win that SEC tournament. Let's oh, do it. Do it. Hey, you got our support. We know you can do it. Exactly. Uh, and then last, we'll go into a little bit of track and field. Uh we had our team, they, they traveled over to Tuscaloosa uh, to the Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, All Health and Invitational. Well, hold, uh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not what that's called. That, is that the real name of it? I mean, I, th- I saw it was the Crimson Tide Invitational. I assume they were just, like, shortening it on the <laughs> website. I assume the, the full name was uh, the Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, All Hell, Nick Saban Invitational. Because they, <laughs> why would they not want to endorse Nick Saban? That's what they do at Alabama. Like, he's on, he's everywhere. He's yeah. everywhere. He's probably uh, sponsored by Houndstooth. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but we we had our team traveled over there, and uh, it was it was good. Weekend. I mean, like I said, it sounded like the team really uh, ran well. Is that what you say, lad? I'm assuming uh, uh, ran well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ran well. Nailed that. Ju- one. Uh, we we jumped we jumped well. I will oh. say that because uh, we we broke three scores this there weekend. We go. Uh, yeah, the jumping dogs, as I'm as I'm calling them now. Jumping uh, dogs. A, a big fan of us over here, Logan Boss. Boss. Such a cool name. Yeah, that's a great name. Boss. Great name. Uh, she cleared 1.89 on the high jump. With 1.89 meters. Okay, I was about to say 1.89 is... what? You gotta, <laughs> give, me a, give me a unit of measurement Sorry. here. I should have stressed. Yes, 1.89 meters, <laughs> uh, which is all. That's very high, but that was that was a school record. So 
hey, kudos to her, Logan yeah. Boss, winning the Invitational. The uh, Boss. Crimson Tide Roll Tile Nick Saban Invitational, <laughs> high jump, and just clearing a high amount. And uh, then, uh, so we, we broke, t- we won, we only won one other event, but we broke the school record twice because Alexa, Alexis Farley jumped into 12.65 meters, which broke the school record. Okay. But then Tiffany Flynn turned around, jumped 13.33 meters, and beat Alexis to break the school record. Oh, my goodness. Wow, you think there's a little bad blood in you now? No, it's just friendly competition okay. when you're on All the right. same team. Well, hey. It's just friendly competition. Hey, it, they, it, they, at least at one point they were both record breakers, so that's pretty good. Exactly, and yeah. you, and you yeah. would and you would hope Tiffany would be cool considering they both broke records. Like she pulled her up on top of the podium as they were playing the Mississippi State fight song at the Crimson Tide Roll Tide All Hell Nick Saban Invitational <laughs> at the closing ceremony. Uh, I was, I was, I'm assuming that's probably what went down. That's... And then they pulled Logan Boss up there, and Logan was just like holding up her trophy. You know, it's you know we're so proud of you. Hey, uh, that's a cool track moment. That's a that's a cool track moment right, right there. Yeah, I mean uh, it. Uh, I mean, to be standing on that podium at the Crimson Tide Roll Tide All Hell Nick Saban Invitational. <laughs> You're going to milk that till it's dry, aren't you? <laughs> um, I think that was it. I think just Crimson Tide Roll Tide All Hell Nick Saban Invitational. Ah, it just, just rolls off the tongue. It, uh, uh, that's very good. That's very good. But still, great weekend for uh, the track and field team. Like I said, we, 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 uh, we've had some close finishes. It looked like it's second places, some top fives. So uh, the outdoor season is in full swing. Uh, continues on. We'll have more track and field coverage as uh, the year go- continues on and winds down. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a good track and field team. Yes. In, they excelled this weekend as well. We don't want to devalue them any just because they weren't in Starville. Uh, you know, good job by the track and field. We're, we're proud of y'all, and we look forward to covering more of these victories. Yeah, uh, we're real proud of them. We're pr- real proud of that. Uh, very proud of that track and field. Let's let's jump for <laughs> some more school records. Jumping dogs and running dogs all day, every day. Hey, I'm with you on that. Uh, let's move on to the spring game. Jeremy, this was, uh, in a word, eh? I don't even think that's a word, but that's what it was. That's what it felt like to me. Uh, the the white beat the broom, I think it was 21 to 10. And I th- <laughs> it, it's, it's good to see that we're steer, uh, still committed to Missing field goals, even in a spring game. <laughs> I, I the, the camera on the field to I forget I forget the the poor kicker. Um, it, the camera went on to, to watch him kick the field goal. It was him. It was the long snapper, and it was the holder, and it was a twenty six yard field goal. And of course, he misses it. So, <laughs> I, to me, to me, that just sums up that just sums up special teams for Mississippi State. Even in a spring game, it's very hard to come across uh, field goals. Another another thing that kind of you know, another thing that kind of it didn't concern me, but it was weird to see Nikki Fitz throwing four interceptions. Um, is is he is he that bad at, at accuracy, or is this Todd Grantham D just going to be that good? I think that's a question that I, that needs to be answered. Uh, Lad, actually, I I think it's option C. This is our fault. This is our fault because obviously um, Dan Mullen 
Shout out Dan. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's a, he's a fan of the pod. I mean, I, th- I think there's zero doubt that he's a fan of the pod because, I mean, we've kind of been talking about it these last couple of episodes of Hell Daryl Pod, how we've been saying that we might need to shift to an air raid offense. Oh, crap. Oh. Uh, we Did might we have do... given Dan some ideas, <laughs> and Dan, uh, that was a prank. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was only a prank. Think... Uh, we didn't really mean for you to throw the ball about 45 times with Nikki Fitz. Uh, we prefer you just to ground and pound like we did last year when we ran for about 7,000 yards against Ole Miss. Uh, so, Dan, I, I guess our humor sometimes goes over people's head. Uh, that that beautiful head of hair with that visor, just clearly it made its way over you. Uh, that, that was a prank, though. So, uh, was a prank, I'm, yes. I'm, we're, we're sorry. Uh, please... Uh, Listen to the podcast and take our words with a little bit of grain of salt next time because uh, <laughs> yeah, we we don't want to see Nikki Fitz throwing the ball that much, uh, especially whenever uh, our wide receivers are, you know, not our healthiest and we're throwing the ball to some people that probably won't see the field a lot this year. Right. Uh, I think he trusted so, uh, us too much. Dan, you, trust, you trusted us too much, and we, we let you down, but it was also a prank, and you probably just, like Jeremy said, don't take us so seriously. It was just a prank. It was it was just a prank, um. but but I mean seriously though, is that do you chalk it up to? I mean, of course you chalk it up. It's not the the weapons we're going to see in the season with Donald Gray, Keith Mixon, uh, Deer, all those guys. They didn't they didn't play or they played very little. So it wasn't it wasn't your your starters, your your first team wide receivers, but four interceptions. I mean. I I know it's just a spring game. I know that it doesn't mean much of anything when it comes down to it. But I, I mean, I don't. I just didn't like seeing that. Yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, and like I said, what you just said, it's hard not to just use it. But I'm gonna say that it was just a spring game. Aris yeah. uh, Williams only carried the ball about nine times, which we know towards the end of the year was not the usual trend. He will get the ball a lot more. Uh, Nicky Fitz in spring games, obviously he's got that uh, special uh, jersey on that pretty much says cease and desist, mm-hmm. do not touch. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you know, whenever you run, whenever you're running plays, you're obviously not wanting to put him in situations where somebody might forget that he's wearing the green jersey. Right. Uh, you know, don't want to send him across the middle of the field when uh, maybe like Jonathan Abrams is coming across the middle of the field, as we uh, saw a little bit of, which we'll get into just in a second. Uh, oh. But he, he's. It was one of those things. I didn't put too much stock in it. Okay. He threw a, he threw some deep balls, some fly routes that you know were he he was just throwing them up, and it's not like Dan told him to throw it up. But at the same time, he went out there a lot more relaxed, knowing that hey, you know this is not going to be the true game plan. I can try a couple things out. He needs to work on throwing the ball anyway. So mm-hmm. I hate him trying to throw the ball a little better. Maybe like I said, if anything, maybe this is a learning experience for Dan, where it's like, hey, maybe instead of you know if let's say we want to have Nick go out there and throw the ball you know, 30 times a game. Maybe now we say, all right, maybe he needs to be at 20 to 25 times a game. We we know what he's going to do, Brian. I think, if anything, I really liked what we saw from, like, Alex Gibson, Alex Gibson and uh, – or is that his name? Nick Gibson. Nick Gibson, sorry. You, are, Gibson. you are a bad names guy. Bad you names really guy. You really bad are. Bad names. Uh, but I love it all. Out of Gibson and uh, Don Tamian Lee. I know that's mm-hmm. his name. I got that, that is one his name. right. All right. Uh, One for two. But I liked what I saw out of them, and you know what you're going to get out of Rose Williams. Uh, so seeing those th- those two backs, and along with Rose Williams, really just dominate the game. Uh, in my opinion, the running game was here. We didn't showcase it because that's not what the spring game's about. Right. 
Uh, and then we know what we're going to get with Nicky Fitz. I think the run game is there to be potentially dominant. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be scary what we're going to be able to do just running the ball next year. And when we're going to be running the ball better, the, the passing lanes are going to be there. I mean, the, they're going to open up, and Nicky Fitz is going to have a lot easier passes to make versus the ones he was trying to make on on Saturday. So I, I don't put too much – if anything, like I said, I, I go to the other side and say I'm really happy to see our DBs are finally playing the ball and appear to be playing better. I loved what I saw out of Dander. I uh, love seeing some of the Juco guys getting out there. Brian Cole getting a pick. I love seeing Abrams breaking up passes. You know what you're getting out of Jamal Peters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lashad Durr looks like he had a good game. You mm-hmm. saw some solid play from the defensive line. Uh, you didn't have some linebackers there. You got to see somebody like Enroll Thompson coming around and making a lot of tackles. Uh, I think the defense really was the one that – that was a game where it would have been easy for Nicky Fitz and them to go out there. And if, if they would have gone out there and thrown up 350 yards and five touchdowns, we would have been walking out of that thing going, the defense is still really awful. But now I'm, th- I'm thinking the defense, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot to learn. But, you know, from just from 15 or so practices of Grantham, it looks like the defense might already have a new look to it, which is encouraging. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I know the offense can click. I know it it clicked last year towards the end of the year. So I'm not worried about the offense. The offense, Dan, Dan will get them right. But I needed the defense to show me something, and they did on Saturday. So I was I was okay with it. You know, Nicky Fitz will be fine. I'm not worried about him. He's all right. Okay. Well, all right. That's you talked me off the ledge, like you always do. So that's that, okay. It's just a spring game. That's what I'm taking away from it. Just a spring game. Just, it'll be remember, okay. And remember, Dan, it was just a prank. It was yeah, just a prank. Yeah. Hey, let's not let's really not do the air raid uh, offense. <laughs> I think actually you want to go back to NCAA football and you want to choose run heavy is the option <laughs> you want to go with. Yeah, yeah. Let's get in that power eye. Come on. Power power eye. It's called the power O, and then the ISO up the middle. It's like yeah. it's like a it's like a Hermione or her who was it from Remember the Titans? It's like Novocaine. Just give it time. <laughs> Just give it time. <laughs> That's a great reference. Um, another part of the spring game was uh, JUCO transfer Jonathan Abrams gets called by his own head coach for being, ultimately ends <laughs> ends the spring game. What a idiot! I mean. Look, I understand that when you when you're playing football, it's it's hard to you know it's it it's hard to bring it down from a hundred percent to fifty percent or something like you get you get the pads on you get the helmet on you want to play you know, but dude, it's it's a spring game and it's your own teammate. What what were you thinking? I lad 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 lad, you couldn't be more wrong in this situation. The, I, I what? was thrilled at this result. Really? Um, okay, let me let me backtrack. I also hope hope that homeboy that got lit that lit up oh, yeah. is uh, not not dead, and I hope he's breathing fine and can walk. He is okay, uh, and he can. He walk. is okay. He's, he's good. Okay. Then, oh, then fine. I'm totally fine with it. One, our, our last year our defense was super soft, and they were super soft in the secondary, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Dan knows that. Grantham knows that. I wouldn't be surprised if Grantham, at some point throughout the spring game, looked at Abrams, who's made a couple of tough, already tough tackles. If he just looked at him and say, I need you to light someone up. Mm-hmm. And Abrams, being a hard-hitting safety that he was recruited to be, just said, yes, sir, point to the man. And he said, <laughs> and it's they know the plays that are coming, especially when the third string is running it. They're probably telegraphing that thing so horribly that the defense is just overrunning everything. Mm-hmm. So when that play happened, I think Abrams knew exactly what he was doing because at the end of the day, who thinks going to see that hit 
everyone in the country. That video was played on SportsCenter, SEC Network, and that play is going to be seen by every SEC wide receiver everywhere. <laughs> and they're going to know next year that if you want to crawl across the middle of the field, that Mississippi State now has safety that is willing to literally hurt its own teammates, what is he <laughs> going to do to you? That's a very good point. That is, that a, is that's terrifying. A very, that's a very good point. <laughs> this man, and this last, man has no has no problem with going after his own guy. Better watch out, other teams, because I'm just saying that's we needed a little bit of grit back to this team, especially it, back hey, in this secondary. And I don't know if you remember a certain guy that I will always love, and I personally miss to this day from that secondary. Yes. But he went by the name of Nico yes. Whitley. Nico Whitley, baby. He Nico was known Hitley. for, uh, well, two things. He was known for laying people the F out and just <laughs> crack back in anybody and everybody, including almost killing a Georgia player. And on top of that, he was known for taking a whiz in the Georgia <laughs> shrubs. Yeah. I was about to say, please, that's because don't forget that. that. Dude don't forget that. gave zero Fs. He didn't care. He literally didn't care. He was going to either get a targeting penalty and then he was going to go pee in your. That's how little he cared about you. Also, so, also one of the scariest guys I've ever walked by on campus. The man just looked like he was ten seconds away from popping you in the face. You didn't want to mess with 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 Hitley. You just didn't. You did. Uh, that, I, I love that. Guy. He I was by far one of my favorite players from that team. Um, not so long ago, but we we have missed having a player like that. No yeah. disrespect to the safeties we've had. We've had some good coverage safety, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, you need to have, and it's, I think it's been more the last two years than ever. You got to have that guy that's back there. That's just literally when wide receivers and tight ends come across the middle, and that pass is thrown an inch high, and they know they have to go up and get it. They're kind of wondering, oh crap, and I'm about, am I about to get lit up? Because I might be about to get lit up. And sometimes they'll drop his balls, or they'll they'll seize up a little bit, and all of a sudden a pick is a possibility. So you know what? I like that Abrams sent a message to the entire SEC <laughs> that the grit and determination and hard hitting of Mississippi State players like Nico Whitley is back, and we're about to start rolling the train on people if you come across the middle. So you say I don't like it. Hey, I say that walk on probably just earned a scholarship just because he took that hit. Maybe they're going to like throw him a pity scholarship because it's like, hey, you just got lit really bad up. We're going to throw you a pity scholarship and cover the rest of your school, but thanks for taking that hit because we need to send a message. And Abrams straight did it. He, well, yeah, he did. But, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand strongly on the side that, come on, dude. <laughs> like, like, I get um, it. It's, it's, hey, embrace debate. I'm on the, hey, you probably shouldn't have done that side. And you're firmly on the side that, hey, this is great publicity for our defense. And that's fine. That's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot you like foo-foo cake football. Hey, all, right, all right, watch your mouth. Okay, don't don't start that, with me on that. that you, is not, do you want some of that holly-gully offense where there's no defense plays? Is that what you I'm want? About to, I'm about to Jonathan Abram you. You're about Ooh. to be the running back. I'm a, Okay, we'll, we'll settle this off air because we're, okay. we're eating up time. Uh, let's, let's go to some segments. Uh, here's a fan favorite. Can Coach Canizaro beat up that coach? We got South Carolina this weekend, Jeremy. Coach Chad Holbrook is the manager uh, or coach for the Gamecocks. And I'm just, this is such a quick segment, and I think we'll, we'll agree and we'll just end it. Yes, he'll beat him up. Canizaro will beat Chad Holbrook up. At this point, I think Canizaro, he's just, he's on fire. He's the new dude on the block that walks up the street. He sees another kid riding a bike. 
He kicks that other kid's ass, takes their money, and then steals the kid's bike. He's beaten up. He's beaten up Co- Coach Holbrook ten out of ten times, and that's just that's just a matter of fact. You can't. You're not going to argue with me on that, are you, Jeremy? I'm not even going to try and argue that because I 100% agree. For the first time today, me and you are in agreement. That's true. That's true. Right. At least we at least we see eye to eye on some stuff. Hey, embrace debate. <laughs> Let's move on to another good segment of ours, bear bashing. Jeremy, we got a good one this week. I'm excited about this bear bashing. Let's get into it. Uh, Ole Miss decided that since they cannot play in the postseason – they are they are banning themselves from a bowl. Uh, they decided that they're going to treat every game this season like a bowl game. And I think I, that's that's such an that's such an old Miss way to think about it. Props to them. It's hilarious. Thank you for giving us this ammo to now use against you because that's exactly what we did. Our uh, fearless leader Ethan Lee, uh, editing manager of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. He got to writing like he always does, and he came up with a great hashtag uh, to describe or, or, or let us, the fans, come up with uh, names for certain bowl games for Ole Miss this year. They're going to be playing in twelve of them, Jeremy. So Oof. they're going to have to. We're going to have to come up with a lot of good stuff, and I think uh, MSU Twitter did not disappoint. Um, we're going to read from Twitter our four favorite. Uh, bowl games uh, that 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 uh, have been created for the Ole Miss fighting rebellious land sharks. Jeremy, Ooh. Jeremy, I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> my my first one, the Vineyard Vine Casual Racism Bowl. <laughs> Fantastic name. That's a great who, one. Uh, Th- who, this, who wrote that? This was uh, <laughs> this was at Bandit Ref. Great job. That's hilarious. Love it. Number two. (laughs) And this one's... For some people, this one might be a thinker. Number two. The Chad Kelly Suffers from Carpal Tunnel Syndrome Bowl. (laughs) Sponsored by Mia Khalifa. (laughs) Which is... Oh, Lord. That's... That that was brought to you by at Matt V. Tyler. Matt, that was fantastic. Folks, if you don't know... Uh, if you don't get that one, well, carpal tunnel syndrome, you know what that is, but, uh, Mia Khalifa is, I'll just be, I'll just be very upfront with you, she is a porn star actress whom Chad Swag Kelly has gone into her direct messages on Twitter twice, and she has put him out twice. (laughs) So, overall, that, that one... That one's fantastic. The Chad Kelly suffers from carpal tunnel syndrome bowl, sponsored by Mia Khalifa. Number three, come on, uh, Ethan Lee. Great guy, great tweeter. Not as good as me, but he's up there. Number three is the lose to MSU by 35 points, but we're the best seven-loss team in America bowl. Fantastic one. I love it. Nothing, nothing that whole bowl, that whole tweet, that's just great. Sums up everything you need to know. And four, Jeremy, it comes from yours truly. You know, I am I am a comedic genius. At least I like to proclaim myself oh, as, as okay. such. Okay. Well, okay. okay. Well, okay. I'm awesome. Just <laughs> at tweeting. Uh, number four, the lack of institutional control bowl 
sponsored by whoever paid Laramie's mom's electric bill. Now that one, <laughs> that one's going to be a great one. I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm really looking forward for that bowl. <laughs> oh, those are good. Those are really good. Uh, okay, I'll hit, I'll hit you with my four. Uh, my first one comes to us from at Coach Cheryl, which I can only assume is the true Jackie Cheryl. I mean, uh, who else could it possibly He's be? In- I don't think there's. I don't think there's any fake accounts out there. Oh, I'm pretty no, sure. No, if if it says it's Jackie Cheryl, it has to be Jackie Cheryl. Uh, at Coach Jackie. At Coach Cheryl, the JG Wetworth seven seven cash now bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's that one made me. That one made me chuckle. <laughs> Uh, next one comes from at Mike Phillips underscore eighty nine. Okay. So uh, shout out to Mike. This one was <laughs> this one. This one made me lol whenever I read it uh, off Twitter. The Kim Dichi Take Flight Bowl sponsored by the Hilton Hotels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you who need a little background or don't remember, our our great friend Robert Kim Dichi uh, smoked a little uh, marijuana, maybe mixed with some other stuff, and decided that whenever he needed to. Lead the premises of the Hilton Hotels, which he was on the second floor. He jumped out of a window. Uh, <laughs> thought he could fly. Uh, so that's a great bowl. I really look forward to that one. You can't write better stories than these. You oh, can't. They, they just continue to provide for us on a weekly basis. Such, such great content. Uh, bear bashing. Great. Oh, we love it. This is probably one of our favorite segments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this next one, just the creativity given to uh, at Jake Rottenberry. Uh, Jake, this is this is. This is Mississippi State creativity at its finest. The Rebel Bear Shark Bowl is sponsored by the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he definitely he dipped into that one. Oh, and that was that was a good play on words there. Um, and the last one, uh, uh, this one's coming from yours truly. I, ha- I had one myself. Uh, the Butt We Beat Bama Bowl, sponsored by <laughs> the Colonel Bagman Society of Oxford. I'm pretty sure that's a real thing. So, uh, oh, it is. I've seen their signs. They have signs. Shout out! Shout out to the Colonel Bagman Society of Oxford uh, <laughs> sponsoring that. But we still beat Bama Bowl. Uh, that's looking fantastic. forward to that. I think that's the week before Arkansas. I'm not sure. Oh, we'll, okay. We'll fact check that. Is we'll that ho- okay? Is that that might be their homecoming? It might be homecoming. Yeah, okay. I think that's homecoming. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, that was just that was so fun to see on Twitter. Uh, it, was, it was electric stuff. I mean, yes, it was it was great. It, much like the Shepherd Smith thing, uh, hey Shep, Hell State. Uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a quick call to arms by Ethan, and people responded immediately. I mean, it's it's crazy how quick the Mississippi State social media family comes together around uh, events and opportunities like this. Hey, they love bear bashing, and so do they we. do love we do love bashing, and we love y'all giving us this content so we can talk about bear bashing. <laughs> yeah, here's a little here's a little side side bear bashing. Uh, Cam Akers. He looks like Ooh. he looks like he's about to be a stud of a running back at FSU. He looked really good, uh-huh. and the announcers were talking about how great he was. And uh-huh. every time they said this kid from Mississippi, I just kind of like chuckled inside because I'm like, "Hey, Ole Miss, remember that time you thought you were going to get that kid, and then <laughs> he spurned y'all supposedly at the last minute to leave the state, and now he's going to be the next coming of uh, Dupree or Adrian Peterson." Uh oh. Uh oh. Hey, no, but don't fret, Jeremy. I'm sure Ole Miss fans will have watch parties throughout Oxford every Saturday, and they're going to chant favorite Noel. So it's going to be. It's, oh yeah, he, it's going to be great. He, he's got big support from Oxford ever since he made that. <laughs> they they were totally cool with it. Totally <laughs> cool with it. Oh man, it's just what well, it's it's so great to make fun of Ole Miss. 
It is great. All right, we'll move on. A newer segment, Conspiracies with Canoe. Uh, this one, this one's a little personal. Uh, uh, another podcast, we won't name names, but uh, came out and uh, called me out, called my brother-in-law out. Uh, my brother-in-law being Adam Carlson, uh, a a once upon a time kicker at Mississippi State University. Great Mississippi State kicker. Yeah, uh, won us an egg bowl. Forget that. Yeah, people forget that he won us an egg bowl, um, which is something. Uh, two two children of another podcast. I don't think I've ever done. So there's a one upper. Uh, I think they they said they they don't remember a time where Mississippi State had a good kicker, and that makes sense to me, Jeremy, because it's kind of hard to remember much of anything when you were born in the year two thousand. So very very true. I mean, yeah. when you know six, sixteen seventy year olds, they're still learning about Mississippi State. They they don't know the mm-hmm. hardships that we've been through, mm-hmm. but they also don't know some really great memories like a. Uh, I mean, who can forget that Scott Westerfield? He's kind of oh, a pretty decent kicker we had, and yep. he uh, won a pretty big egg ball for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, a guy by the name of uh, Brian Hazelwood. Yes. He kind of won an SEC West championship for us in the late 90s, which, again, is before these uh, kids were born. So yeah. I don't blame them for not knowing their history. Um, we here on Hell Deer Pod are lifelong Mississippi State fans. Right. I don't know how long these kids have been State fans. They might have just been new to it since mm-hmm. they got to State. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have been raised another – fanhood mm-hmm. uh but no we bleed maroon and white we know about kickers so uh yeah it was a little disrespectful uh you know hey respect your elders clearly we are the senior to you because we're what <laughs> like 10 years older than these kids uh, s- my age is is unknown by everyone unknown so but it could be you know it, it, be. It, it is what it is and you know just hey now you know as i'm i'm, I'm sure these kids uh, i've listened to their stuff and you know they it's clear that they are uh, fellow stoolies. Uh, shout out to Barstool Sports. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also stoolies, and we enjoy a lot of their content that they produce. Uh, and we're just going to take a little bit, just borrow it for a little bit from a very popular podcast called Part of My Take. Respect the biz, okay? Yeah. We're, just, we're doing our thing. Uh-huh. Y'all do y'all's thing. Y'all stay in y'all's lane. We'll stay in ours. There's no reason to name names and call out people, especially when your information is just not factual. You know, there's... Mm-hmm. We have good kickers. We have a lot of good kickers, but we've had good kickers. Don't and especially don't call out somebody who literally took us to a bowl game, won us an egg bowl, and was part of one of the more successful teams during the Sylvester Croom years. Which mm-hmm. guys, there what? weren't a lot of good teams no. during that year. Yep. So I don't see why you're criticized, guy <laughs> that was part of a good team that beat Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah, listen, we can break. we can go we can go two and ten or whatever the record is, but if we beat Ole Miss. That's it. That's a good season. It's a good season. So, listen, Scott Westerfield, great kicker, won us an egg bowl. Adam Carlson, great kicker, won us an egg bowl. Bam. Completely agree. Bam. I, Mike dropped. Mike dropped. I don't see. I don't see why that was so hard to say, but yes. you know, hey, yes. Some some kids need to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Also, what's cooler, winning an egg bowl and becoming bowl eligible for the first time in a while? We're cussing at a ref and getting kicked off uh, out of a basketball arena. That's Ooh. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. That's all I'm saying. All right. Ooh. Moving on. Moving on. King Queen of the Ding. This isn't sexual. We can't stress that enough. <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. Cannot, Cannot stress, stress, it enough. stress that enough. Uh, Jeremy, it's a no-brainer for King. It's Brent Rooker. The man is in fuego. Everything, I feel like every other ball he hits is going over the fence. It's, I mean, disagree. Is there is there another King of the Ding for you? 
And no, I mean, he's definitely king of the ding, but I mean, I, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that there were lots of nominees for oh, potential yes, yes. king of the dings. Listen, uh, I mean, don't, don't take away from Cody Brown, yes, from Harrison yes, Bragg, Jake yes. Mangum. Uh, great, great weekend. Lots of homers hit by the dogs this weekend, but no, I'm not going to deny the king of the ding. This is not sexual. We cannot stress that enough. Yes. Is Brent Rooker. Yes. I mean, you three homers in one game. Goodness. Not, like, yeah, this is, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to beat that. It's just, it's it's a no-doubter. It's Brent Rooker. Yep. Uh, Completely agree. We have a queen of the ding this weekend, Jeremy. Or this Woo! Week. Royal, royalty. Yeah, yeah. Get that purple. Color of royalty. Get that purple. <laughs> uh, Morgan Bell hits a go-ahead run, a go-ahead home run to clinch the series... Uh, over that school that I hate, South Carolina. Anytime, anytime you do that, that's automatically queen of the ding. Morgan Bell. Absolutely. Morgan Bell tip of the cap to you. I, and I watched that home run. She It was destroyed. She hit a car in Cedar yeah, Field Parking Lot. she destroyed a car. Yes, you gotta hit, love that. Smoked a car, man. That's <laughs> fantastic. Hey, sorry sorry to what it decided to park out in center field. Don't do that. Morgan Bell's going to hit a dinger and hit your car. That's on you, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, on on, you. that's on you. That's on you. I hope the school doesn't even refund you or anything like that. <laughs> that's your fault, brother. But Morgan Bell, Morgan Bell, queen of the ding, tip of the cap to you, tip of the cap to Brent Rooker, just hitting dingers, man. That's that's What's better than that? Hooray, hooray for stickball things. Yes, yes. Give thanks for the stickball. Uh, let's move on to dog out dog. I'll jump I'll jump into top uh, doghouse first. It's Jonathan Abrams. We it, ah, it, and I know you're gonna ah, I know you're gonna hate that, but it is on, it man. is. You can't just don't I understand you're a headhunter, man, and that's great. I can't wait to see you do that against other teams come SEC time. <laughs> that's gonna be fantastic, but just don't don't do it against our own team, man. But just like, imagine what he's gonna do to other teams. He's gonna destroy people. It's gonna be great. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm looking forward to that, but man, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that in a spring game against against our own team. Jeremy, who's who's in your doghouse? All right, well, it's debate. Agree, to disagree. Okay. Uh, my doghouse. Uh, actually, it's a continuation, but it's slightly steered towards a different crew. Uh, ESPN still in my doghouse. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but this is for a different reason. This is for uh. ESPN having uh, some, you know, the announcer, I'm really sure who it is on covering baseball right now, and I should know this, but I really have just not paid attention to what their names are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, on Kelmo on Sunday, uh, they were being very critical of a certain coach by the name of Coach Kenneth. At this point, is uh, coaching the team to a two-to-one victory, or two games-to-one victory over a number 10 Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. And, uh Late in the game, uh, I'm sure you watched it and were well aware, but Jake Mangum, uh, he hit a triple that led to a home run, and yes. he got pretty amped up and mm-hmm. potentially hurt his wrist, but it wasn't for sure. They said he could play, but uh, for whatever reason it was, uh, Canazero pinch hit for him at one point. There was man on first and second, maybe. Canazero did yeah. not hit it for him, Jeremy. He did not pinch it. He 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 coachingly, he managerially chose to pinch it oh, for okay, him. Okay, okay, okay. With a player by the name of Harrison Bragg with men on base, and the announcers were baffled by this. They, they were. were just openly were. criticizing, saying, how are you going to pin a guy like Jake Mangum? I mean, I think you. this is just a questionable call, and I don't understand it. This is far fa- You would have thought that Canizero was the biggest idiot 
in the world. And what happens on literally the next pitch? During this rant that this announcer is having, during his rant, ball gone. Harrison Bragg just absolutely knocks the cover off the ball. A no doubter. And just absolutely the announcer was just sitting there and he was baffled. He didn't know what to say. He was like, <laughs> well, uh, well, that would work out. I guess you got to just, if you're, it was, it was great television because you could tell the guy was like so proud of his rant. And he was hoping so badly that Harrison Bragg was going to strike out so he could go on his ramp for another half inning. And he just had to eat it all up. It's like, hey, you know what? This Canazero guy kind of knows what he's doing. He's proving that he's a good coach. I was a little bit doubtful, or not doubtful, but a little worried at one point. But you know what? In Canazero, I trust. Mm-hmm. Cohen knew what he was doing when he hired him. A lot of these, I've talked to many people uh, related to other teams, LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn. Mm-hmm. They're all envious of our coach right now. They want him. LSU guy, not too happy with Manarian. He's like, man, I hope we can get Canazero later. I'm like, not so fast. <laughs> it's going to be hard whenever we win back-to-back national championships to pull him away. He loves it here. Wow. Well, uh, but yeah. so my, my, my doghouse, though, going back to ESPN, hey, let's give it some announcers that are going to give me some quality stuff rather than putting their foot in their mouth every other day. So uh, ESPN, <laughs> get it together. You stay in my doghouse. Get it together. <laughs> yeah, he immediately had to eat his words, and it was fantastic. It was great. Uh, it was, it was, it was like he, it was like he had a seizure on national television. It was great. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Top Dog. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Okay, all right. Lead, lead us off with Top Dog, Jeremy. Well, I mean, for me, I think it's zero doubt who it has to be. Uh, I, and I don't mean this in like a sarcastic way, but for me at least, it's Nuno Borges. Yes. Uh, the kid had an electric weekend. Uh, take nothing away from all the great performances over Super Dog weekend and by some great players, but Nuno Borges, it's it's. He has yet to be top dog for us on this podcast. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's been it's been a long time coming because this kid is just on a tear right now. Yes, uh, went four and zero again this weekend. Had two ranked victories and singles. I mean, it's just he's lit by example. This team is good. He is good. He's he's fun to watch. He's energetic. He's fiery. He's got that little Latin flair. I believe he's hails from Argentina. Oh, uh, so it's. He's just a lot of fun to watch, and I, I'm enjoying him, and it, it's been a long time, so I'm finally saying it. Nuno Borges, you're my top dog. I, I love watching you play. I look forward to keeping up with you. And like I said, if y'all, if y'all can get and host in Starkville for uh, those series, I would love to try and make it up there and catch that regional and watch you play live. But uh, Nuno Borges, you're my top dog. Keep it up, bud. Nice. Not, yeah, he had an top dog yet, and I think that's well-deserving because he's just he's tearing it up. So good Absolutely. on you. Good on you, Nuno Borges. Uh Top dog for Jeremy. For me, uh, it's going to go to Alexis Silkwood. I think mm. deserving for, for her 56 career wins, all-time leading win wins in Mississippi State softball history. That's two. That's two career records that she's gotten for her. So, congrats to to Silkwood. You're my top dog. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. We will uh, get to you guys next week. We'll recap everything that happened this past weekend, or this week, this coming weekend. And uh, South Carolina, I hate you.
Say, boy, it's waiting there for you.